the couch and stand to your feet. We're going to declare God's word together. Come on, say it with me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. Father, we've come today to hear the uncompromising word of God. I step back so the spirit of God can use me to articulate the heart of God through the word of God. And I pray that the spirit of God will take the word and breathe on it and cause life to come in the hearts of your people. And I thank you in advance that wherever our lives are right now, they will go to a new level as we hear it, as we receive it, as we apply it in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow our lives because we know that Jesus always watches over the word to perform it. And it's in his mighty name, Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm starting a new series today that I'm calling Faith for Change. Everybody say Faith for Change. Faith for Change. And the thought process behind this series is to help you and I embrace change with a faith attitude and faith actions. I'm going to say that again. The whole thought behind the series that I'm doing and starting today is to help us embrace change. Everybody say embrace change. Help us embrace change with two things, with a faith attitude and with faith, faith actions. Because most people's view of change comes from a negative perspective unless that change is initiated by them. And even then sometimes... The, the change that we may initiate on our own, if it does not work out in our minds the way we had it in our head, it can be viewed as negative as well. Now, before we jump into the lesson, I want to give you three primary ways that change can happen. Everybody say three ways. Three ways. So when I'm talking about change, and I'll be more detailed in the message today, these are three primary ways that change are going to come into our life. The first one is change can happen to us. Change can happen to us. And this is when a change or changes may come from, you know, life or from others that you and I had no control over. How many have experienced that before? All right. And uh, these are actions or decisions that we had no say so in. So what was the first one, class? Change can happen to us. If you're uh, in the chat, I want you to put that in there. Here's number two. Change can happen from us. 
Change can happen from us. And this is when you and I, we make decisions to do things that can cause change within our lives. And these changes could be good or bad. They could be negative or positive. But it's change that we initiate, initiated and we decided to do. And then here's number three. Change can happen from God. Change can happen from God. And this is when God wants us to make a change or changes that will ultimately better our lives. And one of the key areas that I'm going to be focusing on today in this lesson will be focused on making changes, listen now, that are God-directed. Everybody say God-directed. Because change that is God-directed will always, say always, Change from God that's directed will always take our lives to new levels and new blessings. But here's the thing about these God-directed changes. They are not always comfortable or, listen, exempt from challenges. Sometimes when we, when God tells us to do something, sometimes we have the mindset that, well, when I obey God, everything that happens is going to be good. Well, it's not that it's bad, it's just that God, listen, once he directs us to do something, when he told the children of Israel, I want you to leave Egypt, they ended up facing the Red Sea. But guess what? He had already made a way for the Red Sea to be parted. So sometimes God's directed changes are not always comfortable, nor are they exempt from challenges, but the payoff, everybody say payoff. But the payoff in the end will always be worth it. Proverbs 10.22, they're going to put it on the screen, says this. The blessing that comes from the Lord, watch this, it makes us rich and it adds no sorrow. In other words, when God directs you to do something, you can count on that at the end, it's going to be a blessing to you and it won't bring you no sorrow. And this is why you and I, we must stay in faith for change so that God, listen, can be pleased. Because, listen, God, the changes that he wants us to make, they always have our next season in mind. They always have his next blessings for our life in mind. So if you're taking notes, our primary verse is going to come out of Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 8, and I'm going to be reading that out of the Amplified Version. So let's just jump into the lesson today. And if you're taking notes or you can follow me on the notes, our first point is faith is our compass for change. Faith is our compass for change. In the natural, a compass gives us direction for the journey, while a navigation system gives us details for the journey. I want you to follow me now. When I say that our faith is our compass to make changes, what I'm saying is a compass gives us direction, but a navigation system gives us details for the journey. Well, in the spirit realm, faith is like the compass. It is going to give you directions. But the word of God uh, acts as the navigation system. It's going to give you details. And that's why it's so important that we intake the word of God. The scripture says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So this is why it's important as believers we get in the word. So let's examine the life of somebody who learned how to use his faith. Watch this now. To make some God changes in his life. So. Keep in mind now, there, there are all types of changes that I'm talking about, okay? You can uh, have changes in your attitude. Some of us need that. 
How many can use an attitude change? Let me see your hand. Anybody? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all can make some attitude adjustments. Uh, I'm talking about changes in your health. Changes in your spiritual life, changes regarding your job, changes regarding your business, changing regarding, you know, relationships. So when I'm talking about changes, I'm talking about all kinds of changes. So either way, when we make changes by faith, guess what? God is going to use that faith for change to help us. So I'm going to start out with a take-home statement. Everybody says take-home statement. And this is now, if you're taking notes, you can just write THS. But this is going to kind of summarize what faith is because I believe after you become born again, the most important subject you need to learn about is your faith. Now, the the take-home statement says this. Faith, and part of this is from last week, but faith is spiritual currency. Say spiritual currency. Faith is spiritual currency that is always available, watch this, to make kingdom transactions. I'm going to say that again. Faith is a spiritual currency that is always available to make kingdom transactions. Listen, faith is not like miracles. See, miracles are governed by God. That's not something we can control. We cannot control when you and I experience miracles. But we can control when we need to function in faith. And faith, listen, is always available for us to access. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what do you mean? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. I want you to listen to what it says. It says, now the just, the righteous, that's us, shall what? Live how? How God expecting us to live? By faith. So my question to you is, how many hours a day do you and I live? How many? It's not a trick question. 24 hours a day is how long we live. So if we live 24 hours a day, then that means faith has to be available for us 24 hours a day to live by. So faith is not this fluke thing that every now and then it's supposed to work. No, faith is supposed to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But we must learn how to use it. Say amen to that. This verse coordinates with Hebrews 11:6 because I'm going to continue to read uh, verse 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But watch what it says. But if any man draws back. Well, draws back from what? What's the context? The context is living by faith. So he says, if any person draws back from living by faith, watch what it says. God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. It doesn't mean that God don't love you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't, uh, you know, won't forgive you or whatever. It's just saying, it's just saying that if we stop or if we draw back from living by faith, then it will not, it will cause God to not be pleasurable toward us. Well, or we won't be able to please him. Let me say it like that. And then Hebrews eleven six coordinates with that because it says, but without faith, it is impossible to do what? Please God. And then it says, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and God rewards those who seek him. I love the message translation of uh, Hebrews eleven six. This is what it says. It is impossible, say impossible. It is impossible, watch this, to please God apart from faith. So God is looking for us 
to utilize this gift called faith that he's given us. And let me just say this. When you got born again, because some of you all may be sitting or watching saying, well, Pastor Evan, I don't really have faith. I got a, 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 a an Instagram inbox and one of the members saying, Pastor, I just, I just don't have faith right now. Well, no, no, no. You have faith because God put a deposit on the inside of every believer. Once you confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, then he put inside of you faith. The Bible says he has dealt or given out to every person the measure of faith. Not a measure, but the measure. In other words, when we all got born again, he issued us all the same amount. But it's up to you and I to use what we have been given. And this is why some people's faith is bigger than others. Why? Because that's why some people's muscles are bigger than others. Why? Listen, God gave all of us the same amount of muscles, but we all don't look like we got the same amount. Especially yours truly. Right? But when I, if I, if I decide, which I haven't quite done that yet, but if I decided that I wanted to use my muscles They would grow. Did I get more? No, I just used what I had and it got bigger. When you use your faith, it gets bigger. So listen, faith, let me finish reading the verse. It says, it is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and watch this, that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Let me say it like this. He, when you approach God, you must believe that he exists and he cares enough to respond to your faith if you use it. So faith is spiritual power that comes, listen, when we hear God's word and we act on it. I'm going to say that again for my online audience. Faith is spiritual power. Say spiritual power. Faith is spiritual power that comes when we hear God's word and we act on it. Now, I'm about to say something that I really want you to focus on. This will be a good quote or statement for you to just kind of remember this week. A faith attitude. Everybody say a faith attitude. A faith attitude says, as I hear God's word, faith is going to come. When faith comes, it allows me now to make a choice of whether I'm going to act on it. But if I act on it, guess what's going to happen? Then with anticipation that whatever the words promise, listen, I can now have the results and I can have the expectation of what the promise said I'm going to have. I'm going to say it again. A faith attitude says, as I hear God's word, faith is going to come which allows me to make a choice to act on it. And when I do, I then wait with an anticipation that whatever the word promised will be the results of my expectation. See, you don't have faith without expectation. Say amen to that. Hebrews six twelve says this, that you be not slowful or lazy, but be followers of those, watch this, who through faith and patience inherit the promise. See, listen, all of God's promises will take faith in order to access them. But sometimes these promises are going to involve patience. 
It says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. And sometimes we just have to stay in faith. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. But we have to exercise patience. So remember now our first point is faith is our compass for change. So let's now look at our focus verse for today. It is found in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. I am reading in the Amplified Version. It says this. Urged on by faith. Abraham, urged on by faith. Because sometimes that's how faith works. God urges you with faith. He'll urge you to do something. And listen, if your goals in life are just enough for you to achieve them, they're not big enough. Can Can I say this? Can I say this? Listen, when you're walking by faith, you're saying, God... I'm going to act on your word, but I need you to, to, to follow it up. Because if, see, I'm talking to somebody right now who's watching me. And you're in the house buying process and you're getting resistance or no's. The problem is those no's are affecting you because you haven't received an eternal yes from God. Once I've got a yes from God, you can tell me no all you want to. I would just say, oh, you're not my answer, and I'm just going to go to the next person. Listen, you don't apply for just a loan, and then that person say, well, you can't go. Go to the next bank. Go to the next person, right? So it says, urged on by faith, Abraham, watch this, when he was called, what did he do, church? He obeyed. Well, that sounds like those are God-directed changes. Well, let's see what he obeyed. He went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. Let me just say this. When you obey God by faith, it has your inheritance connected to it. It has your next level connected to it. And when he went, watch this now. This is how a faith attitude is. Although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was going. See, once you've done your part, And you've operated in faith. Your expectation now is, okay, God, I need you to do your part. Okay. What difference as believers are we from unbelievers if we're buying a house and we have good credit and we have the money? What difference are you from the world? If they got money and they got credit, they're going to get a house just like you would. But see, we're not of this world. I don't have to have good credit. Now, see, some of y'all going, oh, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, that's why you don't have what you want. <laughs> see, you have to understand sometimes favor will step in when money ain't enough. I'm telling you, I'm in the process now. I'm buying a house. And you know what? Soon as I put my contract in, Another contract came in. They said, and it was a cash offer. Which one would you take? Mine wasn't cash. Not there yet. Which one would you take? Come on, I just want to hear you. Would you take the cash offer or somebody who don't have the cash? Which one would you take? Hello? So the seller was like, we're going to go with the cash. Well, they didn't know that I'm a man of God. 
I got some spiritual realtors and a 22-year-old praying for a house. So I said, Lord, I said, Lord, you, you, you know what's going on. I, I either make the buyers leave. No, I told my realtor, I said, I said, listen, let me tell you something. I said, I hope they believe us. Because if they're not believers, my faith is going to override them. So uh, I said, Lord, let the sellers, I mean, the buyers just walk away. Or let the sellers like me. Jesus grew in favor with God and man. A couple of days go by. Dennis calls me and says, Pastor, the cash buyers are taking too long. They want to go with you. Of course they want to go with me. Because I like me and they like me. Watch this now. Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed. He went to a place which was destined to receive an inheritance, and he went. And although he did not know or trouble his mind, while you losing sleep, use your faith. If you notice, Abraham had directions but not details. Because faith doesn't need details. It just needs direction. Watch verse 9. Prompted by faith. How was he prompted? He was prompted by faith. That spiritual force, that spiritual currency that allows us to make transactions in the kingdom. He was prompted by faith. And watch this. He stayed or dwelt in temporary residence in the land which was uh, designated in the promise. I want you to notice that. He dwelt as a temporary residence in the land which was designated in promise. Because sometimes, listen, sometimes your faith will lead you through temporary places to get to God's desired destination but you can't get frustrated by this temporary destination because sometimes God will take you through temporary places to get to your wealthy place that's what happened with us at a school God told me, listen, I was trying to buy buildings and finally the Lord spoke to me, he said no, I don't want you to buy a building, I want you to build a building Well, had he told me up front that would take 13 years, I might have resigned as a pastor. I'm resigning, God. First year, I'm resigning. I did not know. Listen, I did not have details that it would take 13 years to do this. But how many know if you just stay in faith and operate some patience, God will show up. Amen? So then watch now uh, verse 10. This was Abraham's faith attitude. It says, for he, Abraham, watch this now. He was waiting how? Is it up there? How was Abraham waiting? Expect. Faith is the substance of things hoped or expected for. Abraham's faith attitude, he was waiting expectantly and confidently looking forward to the city which has fixed and a firm foundation. So listen, God wants to use your faith to navigate you through changes that will take you to new places, new attitudes, and new levels. I'm going to say that again. God wants to use your faith to navigate you through changes that will take you to new places, new attitudes, and new levels 
in life. And this is why now, church, watch this now. I'm getting ready to touch on something. This is why it's so important to learn how to protect your faith. We must protect what we hear. We must protect what we see. We must protect who's around us. And we must protect what we do. You have to protect your faith. You know why? Because our faith is what God uses to help us excel and overcome in life. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Your faith that God has given you is what's going to help you overcome life's challenges. And so if my faith is what helps me do that, then I need to protect my faith. So we must protect our faith. Listen, not just because it helps us to believe, but we must protect our faith. Watch this now, because it helps us carry out what we believe. See, two different things. See, most people believe something. It takes no effort to believe. Believing just means I accept something to be true. Even if it's a lie. If you decide to believe it, it becomes true to you. Right? So, with us, there are two components to making faith items come into manifestation. When we have to believe. And everybody believes. They just say, oh, I believe that. Oh, I believe the Bible. Oh, I believe in tithing. Oh, I believe in this. Oh, I believe in that. But see... You have to protect your faith because the second component of faith is carrying out what we believe. And that's why the scripture says faith without works is what? So if I don't protect my faith, I may believe all day, but nothing's going to happen in my life if I'm just believing. I have to put some steps to what I say I believe. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Steps. That's plural. You can't take one step and be like, okay, God, I did it. No, no, no. No, no. See, sometimes it says, watch this. So, watch this, watch this. It don't say we just stand in faith. It says we walk by what? What do we do? Am I walking right now? No, I ain't in faith. Some of them, we want to take one step. Okay, God, what you going to do? God said, no, no, no. You step. You didn't walk. See, what God is going to do is send you to the Martin show. You know, Martin, I'm the man. When you get the step in, that's what he, you, God's walk. That's what God is saying. Get the step in. So the first thing we have to do to, to position ourselves to have faith for change is we have to first accept the reality that all changes, all, should be faced with faith. All changes. Whatever happens to us, good, bad, or indifferent, we should maintain a faith disposition. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week. So let's go to point number two so I can hurry up here. Faith, point number two. We should keep our faith tank full. We should keep our faith tank full. It would be difficult for a car that had 20 miles worth of gas in it to go on a 100-mile trip without stopping to gas up. Do you agree with me on that? And see, some of us, we are using or have used our faith, and instead of fueling back up, we just try to remember what we knew. No, 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 no. That's why it says, 
faith cometh by hearing, not having heard. So just because you know it and just because you heard it doesn't mean that you full of it. Acts chapter 6 verse 1, watch this now. It says, and in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily administration. In other words, they had a group of widows and they were feeding them and taking care of them. And so a dispute rose up. And so verse 2 says, then the 12 apostles called the multitude of disciples to them and said, hey, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And let me just say this. He, he goes on in verse 3. He says, Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So let me just do a side journey here. This is why Pastor Evan has a staff, and this is why we uh, utilize volunteers. Why? Because I can't do it all. But if someone has been assigned to do something, they have been trained, they have been encouraged, they have been ordained or delegated by me to get it done. So I don't always have to do it. Guess what? It's getting done through somebody else. And so that's what the apostle was saying. So then he says, but we will give ourselves continued to prayer and minister of the word. Watch verse 5. I'm going to show you now of what it's like to be full. Because see, some of you all need to get full today. Now, when I was growing up, being full means to get drunk. How many know that? How many heard that before? Yeah, man, I'm going to get full. Well, they weren't talking about eating in my day. So watch what he says. So they chose Stephen. Watch how they described him. A man, what? Come on, church. Come on, church. A man full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost. And then watch how they just describe everybody else. And Philip. And Pecorus. And Nicanor. And Timon. And why did, where did he get these names from? I'm not even going to try to pronounce the rest of them. But if you notice, they just kind of just threw their name out there. But when they described Stephen, they said he was full of faith. Drop down now to verse 7. Oh, verse 6. And whom they set before apostles, the apostles prayed for them, laid their hands on these people. And then watch this. As a result of delegating some responsibilities to other people, watch what happened. The word increased and the number of disciples were multiplied in Jerusalem and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Because if you delegate it properly, the word is going to increase and that's what we want. So watch now verse 8. And Stephen, read it with me, full of what? Full of faith and what? Power. And he did great wonders among the people. Now watch this now. Uh, I'm hoping that they, they're going to get my little illustration together. All right. They're going to come bring it right here. But don't watch them. I want you to watch me. Because I know y'all, right? You can't be full of something that you don't put in you. I'm going to say that again. You can't be full of something that you ain't put in you. And most of the time, we are full of everything but faith. We're full of the news. 
We full of other people's opinions. We're full of fear. We're full of self. We're full of everything but faith. And your faith will struggle to work if it's not full inside of you. Now, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Matthew 8, 23. And when he was entered into the ship, this was Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose, arose a great tempest in the sea, a storm, basically. Verse 25, his disciples came to him and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. Watch verse 26. And he said to them, why are you what, church? So what would they? What would they? He says, why are you fearful? Then read this part with me. Oh, ye of... Hmm. So if I'm full of fear, my faith is going to be little. Now, another account of this story is in Mark chapter 4, verse 40. I like it better. It says, and Jesus said unto them... Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So you know what? Do you see the correlation? That their faith was little because their fear was full. Do you see that? When their faith, when their faith was little because their fear was full. And when you and I, when we walk by what we see and when we walk by what we feel and when we walk by what, what we hear, it diminishes our faith and it increases our fear. So the reason most people's hearts are not full of faith because it's full of fear. So now I'm going to give you a PowerPoint that you may not have ever thought of. The biggest enemy to your faith is not the devil, it's fear. And most people struggle to receive the promises of God by faith because they're full of fear. Luke chapter 8 verse 41 it says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus. Now let me just kind of give the, the context. Jesus walking and this guy shows up to him named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. And it says he fell down at Jesus' feet and he says, Hey, can you come to my house? For he had only one daughter who's about 12 years of age. And she laid down and she was dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. So now what happened after that is the woman with the issue of blood shows up. And uh, she goes and she touches the hem of his garment. And she gets healed and Jesus feels the virtue leave his body. And he's like, who touched me? And so all of this commotion takes place. I don't know how long it took, but it took a minute. And so now... You pick the story back up with Jairus in Luke 8, 49, verse and 50. It says, and while he yet spoke, there come one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Don't even trouble the master. So then watch what Jesus said. When Jesus heard it, he answered him. And what did he say? Two words. What did he say? What did he say? Let me tell you something. If Jesus had to answer fear, you do too. When you start feeling fear come up in here, you know, and you say, well, I, I don't know if I feel fear. No, fear talks. It sounds like this. You're going to die of coronavirus. It sounds like this. You will never get that house. It sounds like this. You are going to lose your house. You're going to lose your car. That's fear, 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 fear. Well, when Jesus heard it, they said she was dead. Right? Okay, what was Jesus' response? He said, fear not, but believe only. And she's going to be whole. So listen now, watch this now. 
The news that we receive will determine the faith or fear we operate in. So watch this. How do we reject fear and become full of faith? Here's a take-home statement if you're taking notes. Watch this now. You will fear until you change what you hear. You will fear until you change what you hear. Because, listen, church, if faith comes by hearing, fear does too. So you and I, we will fear until we change what we hear. But when you're full of something, it's hard for something else to get in. See, like, uh, that's why the only reason you got a DWI, I'm talking to somebody right now, that stands for drunk while intoxicated, the only reason they pull you over and you get a ticket or you go to jail is because you are full of alcohol. And they got a test to determine if you lying or not. You've been drinking? Oh, I've only had one. Can you walk for me? Okay. Uh, sir, would you take this breathalyzer test to determine the alcohol level in your system? Well, there's a test you can take to determine your faith system, how much faith is in your system. So, let's just say this is our heart. Now, how many agree that this is full? How many agree? Online, where we at? Here we go, right here. Is this full? This is full. All right. So, this represents our heart. But see, what people don't realize is their hearts can be full of something. But see, these, this, this, this vase is not really full because something else can still get in there. See, watch this. See, y'all said it was full, did you? Okay, let's see. Hmm, is this getting in there? Wait a minute, if it was full, it couldn't get in. But because now there are crevices in here, something else got in there. See, and the only way your faith is going to work, because see, let's just say that this bottle is, is my heart and it's full of faith, it's full of the word. Can something else get in here? What's going to happen? Is, 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 what's happening? What's happening? Can't not get in there because I'm full. So, you said the, the, the vase was full. It's not full. Guess what? Is it getting full now? You didn't think nothing else could get in there. See, that's the problem with us. We got some word in us. But there's stuff getting in there. And when that stuff get in there, remember now, I say the only way you're going to be full of faith is you got to now, to be full of it, you got to change what you hear. And so let's now go to some application because this is where we ending right here. Because here's my goal. I can't just tell you about faith and then not show you how to walk in it. That's not fair. That's like me telling you about Six Flags. Oh, it's wonderful. They have a great ride. They have a roller coaster. You like roller coaster? Yeah, I like roller coaster. You like cotton candy? Yeah, they got cotton candy. And they got, you know, and I tell you about Six Flags, and I never tell you where it is. 
So let's apply today's message. First of all, in order for us to walk in faith for change, we must value God's word and his way above every other way. We must value his word. Why? Because God's way works every single time. The Amplified Version of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says this, Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well, for I am alert. Now watch what God says. He says, I am alert and active, and I'm watching over my word to perform it. Go to sleep. God says, listen, when you do your part, don't worry about mine because I'm watching over my part to perform it. Amen. And until you accept God's way as the best way, listen now, church, I'm talking to some single people right now. Until you accept God's way as the best way, you will always succumb to second best. I don't know about you, but I want the best. I want God's best, right? So that's number one. You have to value God's word and his way above everything. Here's the last one. Or number two, in order to get full of faith, we must get full of the word. So then I have a challenge for you this week. We are going to go on a faith fast. Now, I don't know about you. I I don't like fasting. I don't like fasting. First of all, I'm not really, you know, when I fast, I lose like two to three pounds a day. So I can't afford to fast. Right? But I don't like fasting because I like to eat. I don't eat a whole lot, but I still, how many like to eat? I mean, I like to eat. I mean, look, you alive, you must like it. <laughs> right? So in order to get full of faith, we must get full of the word. And so the challenge this week to get full of the word, I'm going to challenge everybody who's watching me and here in the house. I want to challenge you to go on a faith fast. You say, well, Pastor Eben, what is that? That means that you are going to fast everything that can take away your word intake. It's only for seven days. We're only going on a seven-day faith fast. Just seven. So this is what your seven-day diet looks like of the word, of faith diet. Number one, oh, man. Instead of being on Facebook, your Facebook time becomes word time. God, listen, when you get home, tell them, look, give them a notice. Monday through next Sunday, you will not hear from me. Go on and post that. Post it. Post it. Post it. Your Facebook time becomes your word time. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. Number two, your Instagram time becomes word time. You said, Pastor, have me explain it. Any time that you would have been on Facebook, when you get that urge, uh, 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 see, some of y'all shaking right now, like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. Oh, Pastor, Facebook. The time that when you want to push that F button, when you want to push the F button, You're going to push the word button. Instagram time becomes word time. Oh, here's a hard one. Music time becomes word time. I know you want to hear a lovely day by Bill Withers. And it's going to be a lovely day, but you're going to have to sing it in your head because your music time is going to become word time. Your TV time. Oh, God, 
TB2? Your TV time becomes preaching time. Oh, yeah. Instead of watching TV, watch somebody preach the word. Go to YouTube. Don't be surfing. You're going to be searching for the word. And your reading time, instead of reading these novels and these fiction and these magazines, no, your reading time is going to become word time. So how are we going to do this? I'm closing right here. I did a faith sermon. Uh, I'm going to give you the date. January the 7th, 2018. The name of this, this sermon was called Creating a Faith Diet. Here's one of your assignments. I'm going to know if you did it too. You know how I'm going to know? Because the views on the YouTube is going to go up or the messages, you know, because we have messages where it's on the podcast. We could just listen. So what you're going to do every day, everybody say every day, every day, every day, you're going to listen to that one sermon at least once a day, that one, creating a faith diet. I already started listening to it, right? I'm already ahead of you. And I want you to listen to it every day. That's just one sermon. Because, see, remember, your FaceTime, your, 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 your Facebook time, your Instagram time, all of your music time, it has to be now in the Word. And then I want you to go to the website. I want you to go under messages. And I want you to type in the word faith. And every faith message I have done since 2008 is in there. Now, you can listen to other preachers, but right now you need to focus on this one. Listen to everything you can get your hands on that relates to faith. So by next week, seven days, some of y'all going to float in here. Hi, Pastor. Some of y'all going to go to the lake and walk on water. They're going to be like, what? How'd you do that? Oh, my God. Get the camera out. What I'm trying to do is help us get to a point where there is so much faith in our heart nothing else can get in I'm not going to say something won't try to get in but see when it even tries you have to know that oh, no, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper and any tongue or anybody talking about me it's going to be proved wrong God's going to take care of that Amen. See, you prayed for that job, and now that job is presenting some challenges. It's not what you thought it was going to be, but you prayed for the job, and God gave you the job. And now there are changes in your life about the job, but you got to remember, you can do all things through Christ. See, see, doubt and fear and unbelief can't get in there when that word's up in there. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you all, you're going to start putting that word in there, and you're going to start seeing something you didn't see. You're going to see some attitudes you shouldn't have had. You're going to say some stuff and then be like, oh, that wasn't good. You're going to have to go to the person and say, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry I said that. Hopefully this week it'll be a week of I'm sorry. 
Well, that didn't go well, so. Okay, so here is the moment of truth. Who's going to take the challenge this week? Come on. Raise your hand in here if you're going to take it. You don't, no, listen. Oh, wait, put your hand back. Put your hand back. Don't raise your hand if you ain't going to do it. Now, if you raise your hand and you mess up, then just fess up and start over. Those of you who are watching me online, I need every one of you who are going to commit to doing this, the faith fast this week. I want you to put in your comment section, I'm committed to the faith. I'm taking the challenge. Just go ahead and take I'm taking the faith fast challenge. I am taking the faith fast challenge. So those of you who are going to take the fast, who are going to take the challenge, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, all right, all right. So keep it up because I want to pray. Those of you who are watching me, put your hands up. Well, no, you type it. After you type, I want you to put your hands up. Oh, my God. Put your hands down before I pray. I saw something. Y'all want to know what I saw? I saw a thunder, I saw a thunderstorm of blessings coming down. You know, showers of blessings. I saw it. It was like, it was like the clouds were black. They were just hovering. And then all of a sudden, it just started pouring down. Come on, raise your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. I I pray in Jesus' mighty name that it has been received by faith. And Lord, we, we can't do nothing without your help. Holy Spirit, we can't live a Christian life without your presence. So I'm asking that you empower each person who's decided to take the challenge of this faith fast. And Lord, I pray that the thunderstorm of showers that I saw Lord, as we begin to fast from everything but your word, I thank you for those thunderstorms of blessings showering down in our lives. I thank you for loans that were denied being approved. I thank you for new homes and new cars and new opportunities and new businesses and new contracts and new blessings and more health springing up in our lives. Huh. I thank you for money coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And Lord, I pray today that by this time next week, we will be so full of the word. We'll be so full of faith. Our lives will go to the next level. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you received the word today. Right there with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're watching me, don't tune off watching me for the very first time and those who are in the house here's my question if you died today are you